This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. For as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Pesavento. And each week we share mindset tips and real estate investing strategies to help you take your business and your investment portfolio to the next level. Today is no different. Today in the studio, we have Amber and Glenn Schwarm. How are you guys doing today? You're good. Thank you. Doing great, Stephen. How about you? I'm doing phenomenal. I'm excited to have you guys on the show today. We have a very similar background. Uh, you know, started out flipping houses. We no longer do that anymore. You know, we flipped a couple hundred houses, and you flipped over a thousand houses over a twenty-year period. And uh, you guys are investing in a bunch of different areas, and you help people get started investing in real estate and being active real estate investors. People who are managing and operating and making the decisions on the investments that. You're investing in. So that's very exciting. We'll get into a lot of different things today. But before we do, let's start out by looking back at earlier in your life. What events or influences from your childhood shaped each of you on who you are today? So for me, I got to say, my, probably my mom and dad. I mean, just, you know, very, very, very hardworking. We were brought up pretty poor, but we didn't know it. My mom and dad made sure that we had a great experiences in life. And I think that the hard work that I learned from them, I didn't, you know, didn't realize till later in life how much I learned by watching just how hard they worked and what they did. Mm-hmm. And I think the hard work, you know, you can be the hardest worker, but you have to be in the right vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, had my parents been in real estate investing, maybe we'd have been more wealthy growing up, right? But that wasn't mm-hmm. what they were in. My dad was a butcher, my mom a stay-at-home mom, ran lots of, lots of little home businesses, a piano teacher. She still is today. She's 85 years old. Still mm. a piano teacher, still kicking it and still working. So I think mm. that, that work, that work ethic for me was big and and uh, that was big for me. Yeah, I think I think for me it was probably mostly my dad. You know, he was he was an entrepreneur, so I knew that I never wanted to go like into corporate America. But he owned a real traditional brick and mortar business. It was rubber stamps and engraving. It was very glamorous. Um, mm. But it but it, it was really a glorified job. So, but, I, but I did learn that work ethic and I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, I didn't get so much of that from my mom. She was a stay-at-home mom, which is great. Mm-hmm. And I'm a mom. We have four kids. But for me, it, for me, it's not enough. Like, I, I mm-hmm. like being an entrepreneur. I like building. I like the ambition. I like all of that stuff. So it's kind of like I just did the opposite of my mom. <laughs> um, so it, it was still an influence. It was just influenced me in the other direction. I would say too, Steve, I have, I have one older, I have three older brothers and my, my old brother closest to me, Gary, he's seven years my senior. And he's the one that really started building more businesses in our family. My two older brothers uh, were, were uh, with the Air Force military and um, got jobs and they got out. And Gary started his own business early on and did that for a number of years. So I kind of grew up in my teens flying out my summers and learning and working for him for, you know, mm. my pay for the entire summer was a pair of sneakers. That was my, you know, I got you know, yeah. not, not the best uh, labor for me, for sure, <laughs> but, but I learned a lot by watching him run a business. And I think that that's what inspired me to always start my own early on. Yeah. It's these early life experiences that can really set the path 
towards how we show up later in life in our business. And I find that a lot of people can really relate to that. And so for you as a listener, no matter where you're starting from, it's always possible to start getting on this path towards creating, not only creating active income, but then being able to eventually turn that into passive income. So one of the things that we really believe in over here at the Investor Mindset is you know, in order to change the way you think about money, you need to understand how to make money. You need to understand how to multiply money. You need to understand how to manage money. You need to do that in that order. If you're trying to manage money that you don't have, you're going to try to save a buck at Starbucks, but you really are focused on the wrong thing. And you guys have really mastered the art of making money using real estate and in particular using flipping as a vehicle. Talk to us a little bit about how you've used this strategy to start generating active income that can eventually be invested into wealth creating type assets. So we are big proponents. Every time we do workshops and do any trainings, we're big proponents on, you know, learn, learn flipping to learn that skill, like learn the skills. So now you know what you're looking for. So when you, we want you to start using that money as soon as you can towards rentals. And we even, even in the skills that we teach our students, we teach them how to build a rental portfolio without using their own money by using their skills, start to build that passive income. Because as much as we love what we've done, the flipping houses thing doesn't excite us anymore. What excites us is adding another rental portfolio. We just closed on a nine, we're just about to close on another nine unit in our portfolio. And those are the things that we love, like having passive income from real estate. We're not big stock people. We don't like the stocks. It's just not the... And I'm sure some of your listeners love it and they might be, you know, poo-pooing me. And that's okay. I just don't like the roller coaster. I like to drive by and at least see a picture of my assets and know that I've got, this will be about 50, 50 60 doors we have now, something like that. Yeah, so, you I, know, we, we, we like what we do. I actually just did a marketing video right before this podcast. And, and it was something to the effect of, you know, the dollar is down. Stocks have totally sucked over the last 12 months and crypto crashed. But what do you have that still appreciates and pretty much doubles in value every 20 years? And that's real estate. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's the most solid and it has the most awesome track record of any way to create that kind of income and, and of the, anything yeah. else out there. And the, ta and the you know, tax benefits are tremendous. People forget all that too. Generational wealth. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you look at real estate on a long enough time horizon, the security is very, very, very strong. It's one of the reasons why we actually stopped flipping and focusing on that is because the time horizon was so short. And we were starting to get uneasy because once we had made some money, then we wanted to hold on to it, uh, which actually is something that is it's a great thing to do. But how, when that fear starts creeping in, it actually stops you from being able to do the thing that got you to where you are today. And so, you know, I really do believe in creating a skill set that's going to make money and flipping is a phenomenal way of doing that. And what I'm hearing from you is you're really seeing this as a stepping stone, an opportunity to to gain some experience, the the entry point is so low and it's so easy for somebody to do and wrap their head around that they can go from not having really any real estate experience, maybe owning their own personal home or something to being able to go out and flip a house and see a result to be able to yeah. build that belief that it's possible in a short amount of time. Yeah. If I found somebody and said, look, let's, let's go out and get you a hundred thousand a month in rental income coming in, that would blow their mind. But you know, even one house, you say, well, we get one house, you're gonna make 200 bucks a month. They're like, eh. It's not worth the effort, right? So I want to teach them, and we want to teach them the skills of how you can, because in flipping a house, right, you got to find it, fund it, fix it, flip it, or hold it, right? That's kind of what we teach. So mm -hmm. when you're, even when you're building a rental portfolio, if you if you don't have a ton of cash, 
that you want because there's ways to do it. If you have cash, you can invest. You can be in a syndication, right? You can do that. You can buy bigger things. There's a place you can put your money. You could, you could be a private lender. We work with private lenders who make 10% on their money all the time. That's been going on for 15 years now. And so that's mm -hmm. another side of this if you have money. Mm -hmm. but hey, listen, I think what we're really great for is people that have a little bit of money but want to have a lot of bit of money, right? They really mm -hmm. want to turn that into more money. They want to multiply it, like you said. And they're like, mm -hmm. how do I turn that into more money? So we get them started and say, listen, flip. We Our big thing is flip two houses in a year. Make yourself an extra around $100,000 in profit in year one. Learn that process because through that process, just the finding process, you'll become such a good investor moving forward. You know, you've done a couple hundred deals, Stephen. You know, like, you know, once you know how to find deals, you can't not see them, right? So then you see them, you're like, hmm. you know, and you know whether you mm -hmm. want to buy those houses or not, you know, they're there. So yeah. I you get to drive around in the car and point them out to us now. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Once you have that skill, you can apply it towards yeah. larger projects. I, I applied it to 200 single family homes and then. Now, when I go look at a 200 unit building, I can say, hey, well, it's the same type of ideas. It might be a different way of running the numbers, it might be a different approach, but it's a very similar concept. And so it's really, I think when you're flipping houses, uh, what you're really looking for is how can you find value? How can you solve a problem? And how can you then create profit off of those problems? And the same is true throughout the whole process of investing. And what I like about flipping is that for people who are not high income earners, who are not in the two to 300,000 or above range, it can be difficult for you to get into a syndication and invest enough money in a short period of time to really be able to create the passive income that maybe you desire over a long period with many doubling cycles, many times of compounding, anyone can get there and we can show you exactly how to get there uh, for sure. But if you want to get there faster, and you want to take your time and you want to exchange that time for more money and you have a little bit of money or you want to borrow money from someone else, you can multiply that very, very quickly by going in flipping houses. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, after you've gone through this process and you've flipped a bunch of houses, you started to create this little war chest of money. How have you been able to then build passive income for yourself? where you're seeing money come in every single month without needing to do all of the work day in and day out. I think for us, we didn't necessarily use all the, the money that we made to do that. Ironically, we just found at, in the process of finding houses to flip, we'd find one and go, hmm, well, that person wants a little bit more for the house, doesn't need quite as much. What if we turn that into a rental? And so we, we would use our private, so this is how we do it without using any of our own money. We use our private lender to fund the purchase and the renovation sure. of a rental property, right? Yeah. And we win. We do a minimal fix up on it to make it a rental, not a full, not a full renovation. There's techniques for that. And then we put a tenant in there, and then we go to the bank and do a cash out refinance, pay off the lender. And if we did it right, we could actually put some tax free money in our pocket at the same mm -hmm. time. Ten, yeah. fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. One time we did fifty thousand. There's ways you can put that in your pocket tax free. And then let the tenant pay that loan back. And so I'm making a couple hundred bucks a month on the on the house, but yet I've got all that, I've got a little bit of money to work with, and I haven't used any of my own money in the deal. So when you're looking at a return on investment, it's an infinite return on investment. It is time on your part, right, to do it. So it's time, but your cash is a minimal, you know, minimal outlay to get that done. So that's how we started. You know, one year we we the first first one we bought was in 2003. 
Yeah, we bought we bought a tooth over the worst worst thing we ever bought in our lives. Well, the horrible well, experience. Well, you can say that, but it also got us into real estate. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. And now to, and today, here, so the funny part is, years later, now that thing is a cash cow. Right. Because we were able to. It was, just, it was yeah. a bad choice at the time, but but that's the beauty of real estate is you can even make a mistake, and over time, yeah. that mistake that mistake pays off. I but, want I want you to talk about though, because what we learned yeah. about two and a half years ago, pre COVID, right before COVID started, was that. You don't have to sell for 200 bucks a month positive cash flow while you're building wealth and taking advantage of appreciation and tax benefits on a rental if you can make more money on the same rental. And we look sure. to short term, we look to short term rentals. We have well over a dozen rental short term that we, we turn some of the rentals and we start buying houses to be short term rentals in Amber yeah, and our son run that business. So for me, it's 100% passive. The first time 100% passive, but for me, it is. So <laughs> a, a rental, whether they're short term or long term, that's the one thing. If we could go back in time, we would have started doing that oh, earlier yeah, in the business I instead would. of flipping the yeah. That, that, you know, it's not as sexy or as fun necessarily. But when you look at the amount of work that goes into it or, or that doesn't have to go into it because it's a rental versus a flip and, and that it's, short-term and long-term, you know, it's cash flow and long-term wealth. It's just, it's mind-blowing. And Glenn does a, a segment on this at our home flipping workshop where he shows on a spreadsheet, like what those numbers look like. It's phenomenal. And I think when people see that, they realize, oh my gosh, this is not like pie in the sky stuff. This is adding like one at a time of what, what happens in 10 years. Like it would blow your mind and it, it blows away any sort of retirement program out there. But it, back to the short-term rentals, so we started doing that right before COVID said, like Glenn said, and we've got about 13 of them right now. We're looking to add to that. But um, the house across the street from us, for example, and we're talking about normal residential upstate New York neighborhood. Where we used to live. Where we used to live. <laughs> yeah. And these are not, you know, these are not travel destinations because even nobody says, hey, honey, let's hop on a plane and go to Albany, New York. I mean, it just yeah. doesn't happen. Um, so I, I, I want to make that clear that these are not travel destinations. No, absolutely. Absolutely. You can, you can VRBO or Airbnb a house that's in any city across the country. Right. It just has to have people who are looking to come there for some right. reason and short term or midterm type rentals. So it sounds like what you're doing is you're just to, to kind of, uh, accentuate it. You're taking those same rentals and you're applying a new strategy that is then going to create a better return on investment. Yes. And again, you're investing your time or you're paying somebody else to invest their time in order to execute this strategy. And you're making those decisions on what happens. Is that right? Right. And you can 2X or 3X, you know, that the house across the street from where we live, for example, you know, it would have rented for maybe $1,600, $1,700 a month. And we're getting close to four grand a month, sometimes more than that in the summer. Yeah. So it, it, it yeah. just makes Whole lot more sense to to have that as a short-term rental we're we're in southern florida we're down here on the beach and our, our all of our portfolio is actually upstate new york so mm -hmm. it is we are involved with some stuff but it's pretty passive for us and our yeah. long-term rentals that's 100 percent passive that's all done through a property management company that's what we encourage people to do don't yeah, yeah. don't go fix a toilet or take a phone call middle of the night if you think you're saving money to not pay somebody eight or ten percent to manage it for you're crazy yeah you've got to yeah. make if you make it passive you'll do more and you'll grow your wealth and you wake up yeah. one day and go, my house is worth how much? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it, it does happen just like oh, that yeah. too.
Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think it's a phenomenal strategy, especially for people who are in a position where you want to accelerate the money that you're making in the short term. Back in 2013 and 14 and 15, I ran a, a, a number of Airbnbs. And back then we were making 7x returns. So, you know, yeah. it's changed a lot since then. They right. put a bunch of regulations in and then the market kind of became more stabilized. And now you've got a really phenomenal strategy. Now, what I like to do is I like to clarify definitions. A lot of people would say that that is passive. I would say that's semi-passive or semi-active because I would define passive as an opportunity where you put your money to work and you are no longer making the day-to-day -day decisions or responsible for the results. And in a position where you're buying single family homes to rent or single family homes to Airbnb, at some point, you're going to have to asset manage, which means you're going to have to make those decisions. You're going to have to decide, do we replace the furnace or do we fix it? We're going to have to decide when this person is going to get evicted or do we give them a little more time. Even with the property manager in place, you still have to be the asset manager, but it's a great place to be because you can create a higher return if you're willing to invest that time and be willing to have those interruptions of your life to make those core decisions. And oftentimes when you get a good team like you guys have, you feel as if it's mostly passive because now you have people you trust, you've got systems in place. And although you do have to make those core decisions about what happens and what's going to be the best for your investment, that's a place that you're happy to be because now you're experts, you're operators and you're active with the expertise to be able to make these decisions. So I think that's a phenomenal path. What I'm curious about is, you know, we really define financial independence as the moment that your true passive income reaches your target, which is double what your living expenses are. So when did you realize that you guys made it, that you were financially independent and that you were free to do whatever you want, whenever you want? I know we probably have a little bit different answers. They're, they're probably similar, but, but for right. me, you know, we started the business together and I mean, we were, we were all in together. Um, for me, it was probably when I, when I was able to step away from the business as much and not, mm -hmm. not be in it full time because my main job is being a mom. It's the, the one that I, I love the most. So I'm, I'm still involved in the business, but I was able to step away from it. For me, I got to, there's two areas that really come to mind, Stephen. One was when, I don't remember the exact time that it was, it was a little while back, but when I realized that I could buy pretty much what I wanted without, if, if things were in the thousands of dollars, I could buy them without thinking about it. Now, if it gets 10, 20, 30,000, I'm going to have more conversation about it. I can still buy it, but I still want to have more conversation. But, you know, in the, if I want to do something, that's that, if I want to be at dinner with friends and the bill is 12 or 1,500 bucks, I think nothing of just to pick that up. You know, that's, mm. that's a cool experience to not have to go, oh my God, is it on my, do I have room? So that's the first one. But I think when it really hit, for me, the passive part was, probably about two years ago when we moved to our dream home on the beach and we, that was something we talked about for years and we came down here during COVID and mm. one led to another, we're at a house that's in the multi-millions of dollars. And I'm like, and I grew up poor. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to, I can't afford, that's ridiculous. Like in my mind, I had a mental block or like, I can't afford that. And literally I called my, Amber's like, this is the house I want. I'm like, are you kidding me? And it needs work. We're in the millions of dollars and it needs work. I'm like, a fixer? Okay, great. So anyways, yeah. I called my my friend who was my mortgage guy. He does all he does all mortgage stuff for our students and stuff. And I said, Hey, listen, so she's looking at this. If I put this much down, what what what's my payment look like? I remember him spitting the payment. Now mind you, the rates are two point eight five percent back then. Yeah. Spits the payment out and I went, 
How much? That's actually doable. <laughs> and it, it, what hit me was that it was it was a fraction of what our passive income is from our rental portfolio. And I said, not only could we do that, we wouldn't have to sell our beautiful home in upstate New York and we could turn that into a luxury Airbnb, which we did. People are like, oh, you sold your house? I go, nope. And they're like, mm. you're not selling your house? I go, nope. Matter of fact, my monthly income will increase because I'm going to turn that into a rental. And so all of a sudden we added probably two or 3,000 a month more, maybe more on that house that we get on a monthly basis. And that, well, I didn't quite cover the mortgage payment here, but it, but it's my, my point is like, I remember putting the phone down and going, huh. And I had a moment that I was sitting down, I was with the realtor at another house looking and I sat in the bed and said, we, we were like talking in this one room all this. And I said, Hey, I said, I, this is weird. I've had a goal for 20 some years. I'm, I'm about to hit it. And it's a weird feeling for me. And, it, and she, she, she sat back and smiled and said, I'm glad I get to be part of it. And it was really cool. So it was like, and then it's time to move the goalposts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now I got to rethink new goals. So that's the way and that's okay. Cause we want to set goals so that we're driving for something new, but we also want to enjoy that moment of realizing that we got to a place that we didn't think was otherwise possible when we were younger. And so I see that as a phenomenal example for all of you guys out there who are thinking, Hey, I'm not sure how to get there. Let's not worry about how, you know, under the process that we talk about with the investor mindset, we really talk about naming your number, which really starts by picking your passive income number. What's your expenses? Let's double them. We want to double it so that you can live better than you are today and you can have your money keep working for you. But then the second piece of that is really creating this compelling vision. Like what does that future look like? What does it feel like? Who are you spending time with? And when we do that, we start to dream. We start to see what's possible. And the third part, which is I really think how you really set it in is you get access. You guys are big on this in the making money and flipping and teaching people about kind of getting into the rental space. You've got a community of people who are able to learn from one another. They're learning from mentors who've been down the path. Um, and they're also learning from peers who are on it with them. And so to get access, to really start to make that change and start to understand these strategies, you want to get around other people who are doing this stuff and start building your team, your team of advisors that are going to help get you access to these types of deals, deals like, like Glenn and Amber are talking about where you can be semi-passive, where you can have some control and you can make more money and you can be in a position where you can accelerate the path by being involved and pulling some of those levers, or you can get access to other types of strategies. One we're going to talk about in a second um, that are otherwise unavailable. And most people don't realize that it's possible. But if your number is $10,000 a month that you need to make passively, it's not that hard to back into that number. Realistically, right. most people are there and they don't even know it. Right. All you need is $1.2 million of total assets that you could put into a note or you could put into a property that would kick off 10% a year and you're living 100% passive. And most people think it needs to be another 20 years. So on that topic of opportunities and vehicles that can be a great part of what that portfolio or that strategy would be, let's talk a little bit about notes. Because when I was flipping houses, I started negative $40,000 in the hole and you know, used my credit card to buy marketing in order to build my business. And then I borrowed money from, from individuals and I paid them 
as a private lender. So I'd love it if you guys could talk a little bit about that process, because I know you both lend money out as a lender and you also borrow money. So you, let's talk a little bit about what people need to think about when it comes to passive uh, investing through lending. And what are some of the ways that people can start to get familiar with this vehicle so they can understand if it should be something that fits into their wealth plan? Sure. No, you're so right, Stephen, because people don't know or don't always use what's right in front of them. So our very, our first two houses, we we got like no doc loans because those were a thing back then. But then those like went away in 2007, 2008. Like they were just mm. gone. Bye-bye. The so good old days. We had a couple houses under contract. We had to like find money. So I was working out with one of my girlfriends and we were like, hey, you know, you have a really nice house. Do you have equity in it? And she's like, yeah, you know, we've done a lot of sweat equity and we, we probably have over a hundred grand equity in it. And we're like, you know, do you have a home equity loan? So her home equity loan, long story short, was over a hundred thousand dollars. I think she was paying what, three or 4% at the time, about 4% four. Yep. at the time. And back then, um, I believe if my numbers are right, I think it was like 14% we, we were paying, paying. 14%. we were paying her 14%. Yeah, we paid 10 now, but yeah, we were paying 14%. Yeah, it's about 10 now, but at the time we were paying about 14%. So she used, she used borrowed money to make money for herself actively and put her kids through private mm -hmm. school using that. Cause she has, and she's still an investor to this day. Yeah. The spread, the spread on that was, you know, we, she paid four, we paid her 14. So she's making 10% on money that wasn't her money. So that's, a, a, you know, people think they don't have it in front of them. So Amber said, and you said it's right there. Yeah. We, we, you know, we have about, well, we had about 5 million, but we actually, one of, we lost one to COVID. One of our investors passed away, but we have people who've been with us for well over a decade that are just average everyday folks that have, you know, Hundred grand, a couple hundred grand to invest, and that's self-directed IRAs. Yeah, we we help them put it into self-directed IRAs if they're in an IRA vehicle, so they can. I'm sure your audience knows about so they should know about self-directed IRAs, right? So they can move that money and they can direct where they want their money to go. You have to use a fiduciary company for that, but that's we help our investors get set up with that. But you know, then we're paying our our um, our, our investors ten percent on the money that we borrow. We use that for our flips. And that's what we do. We're, we're always looking for more investors. So any of they want to reach out to us, we're always open to have that conversation. We don't take anybody, but we do like to have conversations with good people. And so it's, um, that's a way you can, you, you know, if you want to borrow money to do your business, that's, that's that side. So let's talk about how do, as an investor, if I'm thinking, hey, I've got 50000 or I've got $100,000 and I would love to lend that out, yeah. how do I structure it? so that I can make sure that I'm protected? And how do I structure it so I make sure I can get my money back and can get the best return that's available? Kind of talk us through that yep. from the perspective of an investor. So we so we offer a, an APR. So our APR is 10%, so 10% APR on the money for as long as we borrow it, right? And for protection, the lender gets a note and a mortgage that's filed with the, the state, you know, or with the county rather. So they're protected with a mortgage, just like a bank is protected, but they also have insurance where they're also named as an additional insured. So if a catastrophic event happens, if a fire happens or something major happens, they're fully covered in that regard as well. You know, sometimes it's depending on the, the structure that you have, you know, the reason that they get a little more money is because it's a little riskier, right? It's, you know, you're investing with, now we're not at risk, we've done a thousand deals, so we're not really at risk anymore. But people that are new that you want to lend to, just, I would... Make sure the person that you're working with um, has some experience. You know, if they're brand new and you want to back them, just be helpful if you knew a little bit about the industry, right? It'd be helpful if you knew. Because if anything ever went south, you could take over that house. You know, you have to foreclose on it, but you could you could take over that house and you could 
um, finish it off yourself to get your money back out of it, right? So that's it would be helpful if you knew something about it if you were going to lend money to a new person. But if you want to find an experienced flipper, that's how we do it because banks don't loan money to us. Like we banks, even even as big as we are, banks don't loan money to us. They don't like to loan money on flips. Well, they, they, they might, do. but banks are a pain in the butt. Yeah, but mm -hmm. they they still wouldn't loan because we we borrow. We'll borrow the renovation money and the, or I'm sorry, the purchase money and the renovation money just to keep, we have, like I said, I think last year we did 101 deals or 2021. This year, I think we're around 80 deals this year or something like that. So we have a lot of buy-in that runs through our company, right? So, uh, and our investors are always buggers to stay invested. Here, take some more. Get, keep it invested. Get invested. So we give them a statement every month. You know, we, we treat it like a real, real investment account. And we built such a trust factor with our, with our investors over the years. It's been very lucrative. So it's. When we're done, we wire the money back to them plus their interest, and away we go. That's exactly that's exactly yeah. it. So that's really powerful. So one thing people want to make sure is that they're going to get a note and a mortgage that's going to be filed with title. So that's actually going to secure that loan to the property, meaning if they sell the property, the money's got to come out to pay the loan. The other thing you mentioned was insurance. That's huge. Experience and track record absolutely critical. I personally would recommend not investing with anybody who's new. Right. Understandably, as we're teaching people and knowing that everyone's got to start at some point, at some place, this is a good reason I think that new people should partner with experienced people and give up the upside in order to get that experience. That's how I got started. That's, I think, how a lot of people do. Um, I really believe that the person who's borrowing the money needs to have some cash they need to be able to make sure that they have enough money to run the deal. Now that can be hard for people who are smaller or less experienced, but that's why investing with a group like yours or with a large company that is putting these notes together and doing a lot of this due diligence can be good. Um, but I also personally look for a personal guarantee. Not everybody is going to be interested in giving one. What a personal guarantee does is it actually ties that person's personal uh, wealth or assets to the loan, essentially saying if the deal goes bad as the individual borrowing the money, they're going to personally pay it back and they're liable for it. Now, yeah. very experienced operators and investors will say, I'm not interested in doing a personal guarantee. I have so many investors that want what I'm offering and they are willing to take the risk. So it's not always available but you especially want to get that if the person has maybe less experience, but they actually have some assets. Um, yeah. Those are things that you want to think about when doing notes. For sure. And we, we on the other side of this, Stephen, is, you know, we, we also do some lending, right? So we do some lending to people and we have a brand new show that just hit. Uh, if you listen to want to see it or watch it, it's called The Big Flipping Break, where we actually uh, took a, a young couple, a pastor and his wife, and help them through we coached them over we gave them the money for the whole we gave them the whole all the money for the whole deal and then like you said we essentially partnered with them we split the profit at the end of the deal and it's an eight episode show that takes them mm. through it's not fake it's not you know HGTV is kind of glorified there's a lot of acting going on there this this is real real hardcore stuff but we it turned out really good yeah that's what we do now so we lend out money to to investors and you know I they, that was their first deal now we now the the big flipping break was now we are their bank they proved mm -hmm. themselves to us. We got to watch them in the trenches, mm -hmm. but we were with them. And now they've done, uh, they're on their third, one, two, three, fourth deal since then. And we now are their bet. So they have that. Cause I know when you have, when you're an investor, you know, when you're a flipper or a real estate investor, you have access to capital. You can move like, that's how we move so mm -hmm. fast. That's how we moved, did so many deals that we had, we had access to a lot of capital. 
we start building that reputation and people start to trust us. And this has been, you know, 15 years ago. And that's still to this day, people still, I have investors I've never met. They've reached out to yeah. me. They just over the phone. They said, we read about you. We saw your show. We saw a book, whatever it might be. And like, you take an investor. So sometimes we are, sometimes we're not, but it's like, you know, yeah, no, let's have that conversation. So it's, yeah. The, the, the passive side is really great. You can, you, you can secure yourself in that loan money out. And that's a great, it's a great way to build income. And, you know, again, I go back to if you flip a couple of houses yourself or have some rentals, if you just kind of understand the game, mm -hmm. it's better. You feel yeah. more secure. You're not all nervous and jerky about your money. You're like, wait, that house looks like crap. Well, of course it does. This is part of the yeah. phase where it looks bad. You know, yeah. this is how this works. So, yeah. 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 You start understanding that it looks bad. That's great. This is something to be excited about instead of something to poo poo. I know from being a, a syndicator and raising tens of millions of dollars for these deals, sometimes the worst looking deals are the ones that people are most hesitant about. And I'm like, the most money yeah. is here, it's bro. Like, like this is money. It's not yeah, pretty, sure. but we're going to make it pretty. But this has been super fun. It's great to, to hang out with you guys here and be able to share, you know, for the listeners, really understand where you're at in that process, make multiply or manage focus on making money. If you're in that position, there's some great strategies. Take advantage of mentors like Glenn and Amber who are experienced in this and can help show you the ropes on doing that. If you're in a position, you want to start building some semi-passive income and owning your own and managing your own stuff and putting managers in place, you can do that. Or if you want to go fully passive, we talked about how you can actually start lending money uh, to people that you know, or potentially people that you don't know, people that are experts in the space. So this has been phenomenal. We appreciate you guys uh, coming on. Where can people find out more about you, hear about the books and some of the other great things you guys have put together and uh, how can they get in touch? Yep. So the best way is to go to glennandamber.com. We do have a lot going on with books and shows, our own podcast and links to all of our social media and all that. Um, there's a link to go to the home flipping workshop on there. So that's probably the best way to reach out to us, glennandamber.com. And Glenn has two it. This has been a pleasure. As you guys are thinking about it, answer that question, where are you at along the process? And go take some action. Learn a new skill. Join a community. Make an investment and start building that path towards financial independence. Thanks so much, guys, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Stephen. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com slash invest. Join me on that next deal. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. You're listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.